What is up, guys? It is Wednesday afternoon for me, Wednesday night for Stubbs, and it is that time for Plastic Platforms. And boy, do we got a show. State of Play took place. We've got some Street Fighter Six news, Sonic opinions, and Xbox Bethesda show predictions coming up for this next weekend. Man, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah, no, it definitely oh, whoa, is. It is Wednesday. Holy sh... I don't even know. It's Monday. Fuck! I'm, I don't even know what the hell day it is. Right, let's love it right out the I, gate. I, I Welcome to my crazy I, world. I really just wonder. I, I I heard you say Wednesday evening. I was like, and I really wasn't thinking about it. it we Monday were talking evening. about midweek gaming earlier. That's, that, that's why. <laughs> yeah, Hi, I am Centurion One Three O Seven, and I do not even know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> But now, yeah, it's all good. How, how, how are you? I'm doing great. The show is a whole one minute in, and oh, it's already well, off the rails. It gives people <laughs> laugh on podcast feeds too. Yeah, that definitely does. But yeah, that's quite funny. That is. Yeah, we're live God. on your channel this time. Very different because people ain't used to you streaming on your channel. Anyway. So hopefully, it's pop for loads of people on your, on your channel. Hopefully, Obviously, we will see if more flooding. But I have tweeted it out. But um. Thanks to everyone that's been listening on the spot on the uh, podcast feed to Plastic Platform. We've got quite a bit of traction on Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you want to leave a review, and what I'll do is, if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tweet me at Stubbs Gaming uh, in the description and send me your, send me your review, and next time, if you give us a five-star review on Apple, Apple Podcasts, I will read it out live on the air. How about that? There you go. But yes, uh, it, it should be fun. It's been two weeks. We, we're getting a little bit more consistent with this, with this show, uh, trying to make it every two weeks rather than every so many weeks. And I go, oh, we haven't done a show in a few weeks. So we're trying to get more consistent with the plastic platform shows. We are. Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for doing this again, Centurion. It's always fun when we, when we can do it. Oh, it, no, it definitely thank is. you, man. Uh, thank you for wanting to put it on my channel. Um, I do know, uh, obviously, if for those who haven't uh, checked out Plastic Platforms yet, this is a, a discussion that me and Stubbs started a few months ago, uh, just to have those friendly gaming discussions, mine from the U.S. perspective, my, uh, his from the U.K. perspective. Uh, we aren't dedicated to any console base. We try to be level-minded in this whole situation when it comes to discussing the games, pros and cons. Um, but yes, um, I'm wondering if the algorithm is going to share it out because things have been a, uh, a little bit stagnant on my channel. Um, obviously that's starting to pick back up now, uh, for those that are familiar with my channel, I've been really quiet. Um, my father passed away at the end of January, uh, pretty much, uh, 10 to almost like 15 days away from my birthday and it was his birthday too. So I've just been taking the past few months to to basically spend some time with my wife and get some projects finished up. And now that's all coming to a wrap. And that's why uh, I was excited when you told me to put this on my channel, man. That's enough about me. Was you really? You're excited when, when I said that we should do like two weeks on mine and two weeks on yours. Really yeah, like I, love the, I like the idea of like flip-flopping back and forth. Uh, it really it a basically... couple of shows that do it. I mean, um, the DPS podcast with Forte that they flip their podcast back and forth and they seem to do all right. I'm not saying we're going to get as much traction as they, but it, people do do it as well. So, yeah, I thought we'd, we'd try it. That was all. 
And obviously, hopefully, the YouTube algorithm picks you up. But it's probably kicked. YouTube's probably gone. So it's something want, streaming on this channel. Right on. <laughs> so I'm wanting to have a little bit more fun with it on yeah. my side, as like I told you, um, I want to try to do overlays for us. Uh, but the big thing I'm looking forward to is because of like the videos I do. I have uh, epidemic sound, and I actually have music that I'm allowed to put in the backgrounds if I ever felt like we wanted to or do stuff like that. Um, because my channel, I won't get a copyright claim for anything that's at least done on my channel. So definitely it makes it to where we could have a lot more fun and flexibility with the show. Oh yeah, most definitely. Sounds, uh, sounds good. That does, but yeah, it's, um, it's, a, well, it's actually seen two and it's been the Queen's Jubilee in Britain. And so what is I, the Queen's Jubilee? I see here, I, this is what confused I thought Americans liked our queen and royal family more than, than we do. I have found an American who's not very clued upon the royal family. And that is Centurion. So the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, she's been queen for 70 years. So she's like 90. That's how long she's been queen for. And it's pretty historic. I don't think my will see it and my... Uh, my son, his probably grandchildren probably never see it. I never, uh, he hasn't got grandchildren, but what I'm saying, what I'm referring to, because he's still only four, he's seven, right? I don't think generations to come will see anything like it because the people that are going to, obviously, when the Queen passes, they're not going to be, because she was on the throne fairly, fairly young, very young, in her 20s, she'd become Queen. That's not going to happen. So this, this, oh, this, yeah. this Platinum Jubilee will be something that they will talk about in, the f in future generations to come. So, you know, to really think about that, you know, it's pretty crazy. Imagine holding the same office or job since the age of 20 and you're still and you're still fulfilling that role in your 90s. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's a, that's a, you know, I understand it's like, you know, she's the queen of England. How hard can that role be? But, you know, at the same time. You know, when let's just say when you look at the Queen of England, she's not like your typical world leader. She actually is a very reserved person. She actually seems very respectful. Um, uh, and that's where like, I mean, like, dude, of it's it's actually a really cool thing to actually see somebody actually get acknowledgement like that and probably not see it again for a very, very long time. Well, she did pay for the whole event. Do you know what I mean? They, they've got well, quite a bit of money, but uh, you always get the people in Britain. Oh, dude, you're 90 years old, man. Freaking throw well, your own birthday party. <laughs> what, 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 what gets me is they go, oh, the taxpayers' money. Right. And then, it, like, you, you say to me, do you realize that all the taxes, the tax office is called Her Majesty's Taxes and Revenues or whatever? Her name is in the, her name is in the thing. Like, you've got the your tax office in America, haven't you? Well, her name is in it, Her Majesty. I don't know the correct name, but her net, her her Majesty is in the name, and people are going like, "Well, you are paying the Queen technically. All your taxes are going to her technically, even though they're not." But she, do you, do you see what I mean? Ah, oh, dude, well, I live in America. Winches, I see, I see taxpayer money frivolously spent all the time. <laughs> it's like, oh, Invader okay. Gaming, welcome. Heritage Canadians love the Royals. I thought so. They all seem to love. 
apparently Britain's got the most famous royal and loved royal family around the world. Apparently, apparently we have. Well, yeah. I would have to say it's probably one of the last few places you could say there's an actual king and king and queen. I mean, you don't have um, you only have one. You don't have what you don't have both. You have one or the other. Well, they don't. It's like when Char- Prince Prince Charles takes over when the Queen passes. It won't be. It will just be he'll be King King Charles. His wife won't be Queen. It, okay. I don't normally get King and Queen, but when William comes to the throne, he might. His wife might be because Charles is like technically a. Charles is a divorce. He, he divorced Princess Diana. He's a divorcee. This is sound real Games of Thronesy. Yeah. Divorcees, <laughs> divorcees can't become like uh, their partners if they're, they're divorced. Uh, if they're divorced, they, their partner can't become the king or the queen. If you get me. Mm-hmm. But apparently, we're not. Apparently, it's one or the other. But if anyone says I'm wrong, I probably am. But it's what I've been told. I'm not that knowledgeable about the royal family. But yeah, I imagine that it boosted the economy no end in London because there was thousands on the streets. I bet they were, but it boosted the economy. Her main drive was what she wanted people to do to celebrate it was basically to plant loads of trees because it helped the environment, don't they? Helped the air, etc. Build, uh, plant loads of trees. Apparently, eight thousand just in my county alone were planted over the weekend. Apparently, that's not bad, is it? No. The smallest county in the UK. That's uh, not England, sorry. It's not too bad. But yeah. So uh, All right. Let's get on with some gaming. I mean, we had I a, know, right? We had a PlayStation um state of play. And actually, I mean, there was obviously, you know, you always get people in the podcast, uh, Twitter community, etc. That obviously because they read it was third party because they actually promoted it at PlayStation. They were, they were, they were upfront about it. They said, this is for our third-party partners. And and it was a, sne- a sneak peek at uh, PlayStation VR 2 games. And uh, kind of misled you, kind of, but n- not in that sense. I mean, there was... Hang on. Um, there we go. So there was a there was um, a first party game, but it wasn't like it was it was Horizon Call of the Mountain gameplay trailer. Uh, it looked pretty cool, to be honest. It was um, now that's first party. That one is. I mean, it looks pretty cool. The VR two system. The game obviously it's hard to really. I mean, you can see that on the screen. And look, it can look excellent, but. Unless you've got an actual PS PSVR two, it's hard to probably imagine on how that will play. But I'm pretty impressed by it. Can I at uh, least touch on that real quick? Oh, you, you probably know more than I have. No, just, I'm just wanting to put out. Just so not... you know, I have completed. Yeah, Horizon, I saw that. Horizon I saw Zero that on Dawn. Twitter. Been yes, that's you... it's a good game, man. I enjoyed Horizon Zero Dawn. But you know more than me. About PSVR two and it, and and this game I'm talking about, it's probably what you call an experience. It's probably not a whole game. You know what I mean? Oh no, no. Just just from what we saw, like I'm sorry, but uh, because of what I'm <clears throat> trying to teach myself with video editing, 
I I could tell you right now a lot of that was the probably the first 10 15 minutes of the game or probably yeah, a lot of not, what you saw. Yeah, it's probably not like people think PSVR it's not what play VR in general isn't what people think. It's not like like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn basically I, I only completed 23% of the game, right? Prob and I had about 43 hours in the game. So Although that sounds a lot, I'm not very good at them kind of games, but I did enjoy it. If I was to play the whole game, maybe 100-hour game, you're not going to get that in VR. It's just more, they call them games, but they're more like little experiences, isn't they, I believe? Experiences, VR. I call it on rails. It's it, on it's rails, like going, okay. it, it's like an interactive amusement park ride, and I'm not saying that to like diss it. I'm yeah. just saying it's no. a very linear experience. Um, I will definitely say I knew what it was when I first saw it. And as soon as I saw the first robot jump out that, yeah, that like, it was like, a, it was like a, the representation of a deer. Um, and that's when I was like, Ooh, yeah, this is definitely that VR game because there's no way in hell that that thing would look that low res on a PS4, let alone a PS5. This has yeah. to be the VR game. Um, and the only reason why I bring up like the resolute, you could definitely see that the games are not these great big eye melting showpieces. They are there to basically to push the tech to show how the tech has evolved. I mean, VR has come a completely long way from being an experience that used to be in your local shopping center where some employee would have to strap you into something and you'd have to have all this gear on your head. And it was very limited. Um, now with what they're offering, it looks really great. But for me, I also still have to think about all those days back 2013 when people were counting blades of grass and supposedly <laughs> 900 uh, 1080p makes you a better gamer than 900p yeah, and true. we're over here yes. we're over here with pixel counts and stuff that actually makes that makes no sense but we have all these arguments up and down how how this stuff can completely remove you from having a, a perfect experience in playing a game and now here we are and we're going into VR and we have floating hands, climbing ladders, floating hands, like swinging weapons. I understand it's floating hands. It's it's the VR tech. But I'm like, where's all the butthurt people that were crying about the, the basically the trivial stuff back in 2013? And once again, that's where I just think it's kind of funny where. I've always been, I'm not going to be over here with a tinfoil hat. We're grading on a curve, you know, there's bias, but I'm just calling to say, it's like, it's like the opinion of the community and the game and the gaming media in itself uh, changes with the wind so easily. One moment we're over here counting pixels and blades of grass yeah. and it's completely inappropriate to have this, but it's okay to have a pair of floating hands because this is changing the way games are being played. And it's like, okay, well, both technically the, it is a little funny. I chuckled every time I saw the floating hands. <laughs> the problem is, is VR. It's so hard to do because everyone says obviously sony's got no money now it's not actually true because Dude. okay they're not on microsoft's level centurion before you say right but no no i'm just but, saying but, if you want to get a good perspective on vr but, listen but to the, acg 
Yeah, but the V, I've, uh, I'm just trying to think. I listened to an audio book, uh, basically by the guy who invented, who, who basically invented Oculus. ACG. Uh, yeah. Oculus, right? And it was an audio book. And I'll, I'll have to tell you what the book, I'll have to find what it was because uh, it was a while ago. And uh, he, he, he about how he started to make VR. And he, he didn't, never liked Facebook, right? But because of how much it costs to make VR and the advancements, because it starts off at the book because they all start slagging him off because he sold Oculus to Facebook, the, the devil. Company, the people in that used to take Mickey out of Facebook, but he explained why he had to sell to Facebook. He said that we haven't got the money it's going to take to get VR to the next level. It's going it's serious investment, and Sony, although they haven't got a lot of money, it seems compared to comparison to Microsoft, they must have some because VR is not an easy thing to develop or invest in because a lot of it will go it it's a hard one because vr is not mass market it's um it, it's a very hard thing to talk on because obviously it's an emerging technology and that they had the v, the v their first one now they got the second one <laughs> and from what i understand from vr people i've, I've heard and talked heard speaking about this technology that's in the Sony PlayStation VR 2. If it delivers, it's a bloody good price for what you're going to get. So, so um, if you want to get a good perspective on um, VR, at least uh, from somebody who is not uh, console bias, uh, at least from what listening to him, and yeah, I just missed said his name, ACG, ACG. Angry Centaur Gaming. Uh, like, um, one of, does some of the best reviews I've seen on YouTube. Um, very, I love his personality on the microphone and on his podcast, like a few weeks back, they actually started discussing VR. Um, and some of the, some of the guys on his show are actually very, very dedicated PC players and they go into VR deeper than any console player has ever gone in anything I've ever listened to. And listening to these guys for starters, you have one one major problem with VR that no VR company right now can solve. And that is the complete difference, wide range of differences in the human eye. Everyone okay. has everyone has yeah. different eyesights, different color mapping. You have color blindness. Uh, some people actually have to wear prescription glasses 24 yep. seven prescription glasses right. do not fit under VR headsets. Most of the no. time uh, I've even ACG and them talked about how I think even ACG said his own wife bought a, one of these like really high end like VR things to be able to wear their, her glasses underneath them or something like that. And it didn't even work right. And so basically they, it, it basically there's a lot of limitations to VR for, especially for people that have eyesight issues or uh, something that basically hinders the process. Um, and that's where it, it basically leaves VR in the casual market, because if you have any limitation whatsoever that can affect your enjoyment of VR, there's really no way around that. 
Um, and then also they start talking about why these VR games look the way they do. And that's because a lot of, uh, a lot of the tech and the stuff for VR, most of it is dedicated to just delivering that experience, memory bandwidth, being able to, to be able to, to give that feedback of you interactive, interacting with the environment quickly, latency, stuff like that. And that's why these VR games are like on rails. They don't have very much input to them. Um, and, and, you know, um, one of the things they were talking about in that episode is they were talking about cooking games. Um, they, they were doing, talking about VR cooking games. And one of the things that they pointed out was like, uh, they were, one, the guy was using a sweet potato, for example, he's like in the cooking game, there's only two uses for a sweet potato, maybe four, if you're lucky, he's like, there's a million things you could do with one sweet potato, but because of the limitations of the game, they can't do stuff like that. And then also He's like, it would be great if they could program the VR um, to basically, you know, if you left the sweet potato out for a certain amount of time and let the yeasts in the potato start to interact with the environment, it would change how the ingredient worked. Um, they actually talked about how VR could be taken to the next level, and that's by somehow increasing the, the memory and being able to just be able to do more with the tech. And that's where right now they haven't even figured out a visual solution let alone a tech solution to, uh, to giving a much more in-depth immersive experience. Um, definitely when you hear people talk about VR on uh, no matter what show they're on, it's always a secondary, maybe even a third option for gaming, something that they do when they have the urge. There's nobody that, uh, that really sees VR as their primary way of experiencing it. Yeah, no, that, that's that's true. It's it's got to be to a point where it really grabs the masses. And uh, welcome to uh, Dirt Crickety. Thanks for popping in. Now, not to sound crazy, but if you want my opinion, I think for VR to fully get off the ground, Do you it's ever gonna. Think it will. Well, it this will. is where I think yeah. it will. <clears throat> but this is where we're going to be going. We're probably talking at least a hundred years into the future. Um, way beyond my years, your years, probably yeah. anybody listening, because we see the the adaptation of augmented reality in at least the industrial world we and how they're Google. trying. Google Glass. Well, Google, one of their uh, the gaming CEO, or can't think of his name, a while ago, he actually said that VR from being even where it wants to be and an AR. He said, "You're looking at ten to fifteen years." He says, "We've been investing heavily, heavily into well, it." What yeah. I'm saying is going to probably creep some people out, and this is where they're not going to like it. But probably in the future, you are going to have people that are going to have jobs in this world that involve oh. working with augmented reality, oh, man, and they're going that. and they're going <laughs> to have they're going to have augmented bodies, like they're going to have probably more than likely sensors or technology put in their hands and fingertips that oh, these, God, these systems can out. actually <laughs> uh, that, that these systems can see. And that is the only way, in my opinion, that you're going to have flawless integration of any kind of VR or AR. And that's if the scent, like, cause right now the sensors are like, they're trying to make gloves that people would put on, but the only way to get rid of the glove and the wires is to turn the human body into a power source and to basically augment these things into your hands. Like um, 
good example was in the Total Recall remake with uh, um, what's I think his name was Colin Farrell, where he had the cell phone in his hand and he didn't even know it was there until it rang. Um, that's oh, the kind oh. of augmentation I'm talking about. Yeah, it's crazy. That is it's crazy. That is. But yeah, Dirt, good, good day. Thanks for popping What's in. What's up, Dirt? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's um, it's an area I've struggled to uh, talk about because I've only ever tried uh, the VR one on, and I tried Drive Club on when I was on holiday a couple of years ago. And my experience wasn't great, but I'm told that that's one of the worst games you can pick, and it's one of the oldest games you can pick. Which one? Uh, Drive Club for the PlayStation VR. So mine it's either was... that, or I've got shit eyesight. One of the two. Um, when the VR, Probably... the original V PlayStation VR came out, uh, one of the guys I worked with bought it and took it back pretty quickly because he was actually not happy with what was offered, but he did yeah. call me over to his house and we checked it out together. Uh, and we played the one where you literally go on the experience of being dropped in a cage down into like the bottom of the ocean to look at sharks. And yeah, it, it was definitely an experience. It was interesting to watch, but it was also like the whole experience took place behind a screen door because you could see the pixel, the, the like basically the, the, the lines, of like the pixel grid in between the pixels. Um, so it looked like you were watching this whole experience through a screen door. Hmm. That's interesting. That is. That's interesting. Hmm. Anyway, so um, now, was, now state of play. Now was the VR, the only thing that really leapt out at you at state of play. They didn't really. I just thought it was interesting. I, I always find stuff on VR if it's in a show interesting, but I don't own the tech to really really talk on it. Also, uh, thanks to Smitty Smith. If you're not subscribed, Smitty Smith, hit the subscribe button for Centurion. It's on his channel this time. But yeah, um, the the state of play was uh, quite. I'm not. Uh, hang on. Um, Right. No, here. How about let me throw a question out at you? Yeah. Do you yeah. think Capcom is returning to the remake? Well, a little bit too much at this point. Well, you which which game you uh, Resident on. Evil? Well, re the remake of Resident Evil Four. I see. Is it a remake? Because it just says. Oh no! It no, it is a remake. Resident uh, Evil Four is coming to the PS Five. Yeah, I'm on comicbook.com. It says okay. first sentence. At long last, after years of rumors, Capcom oh, confirmed the Resident yeah. Evil 4 remake is on the way. And they're, I've, I've seen some other stuff that they're going to try to connect it to Resident Evil 8 somehow. So that means they are changing the lore of the game, I think, a little bit. What you um, got to hmm? understand with Capcom is they are, were a publisher that will nearly <clears throat> on the downward spiral. And then they turned it round with remakes but then to answer your question further yeah they do appear to be remaking a See, lot of stuff just like you know like i couldn't exactly compare it to the playstation but it's not exactly the same i don't think playstation, PlayStation is a, as habitual at well, this I mean, point well, well no sorry i mean in the ps4 gen it was the hd remaster hd version of everything but capcom um i'm not a resident evil I've been recommended to try Resident Evil. Uh, I tried to play Resident Evil last night, and don't ask me why I tried to play it, because 
obviously on the Series X, I was trying to play a game I got on uh, Games with Gold. Resident Evil, Resident Evil 1, and I kept getting headaches. Now, do you, is, do you think that's because of the camera angles? How that's because of is? those camera angles, those old school Capcom. I, t- I, I had I, to I turn remember, it off. I, I remember going back trying to play Dino Crisis uh, and just how – you're like when you play those old games, even on the remasters, but especially – never happened to me before that hasn't. You fucking, you've I, never I, had I, that moment of like, oh, my God, how did we play this back no, then? No, I'm normally all right like with Sega Mega Drive and that. I suppose that's not 3D. That's like, you know – Well, yeah, um, it was those, those Resident Evil always had those like fixed I camera up, angles I off in the corner of the rooms. I got like, headaches straight away. The minute I stopped playing it, I felt all right. I was like, fucking hell. So crazy. That that you, I don't know how you're, <laughs> it might just be, hopefully you're not playing in too dark of a room, but yeah, definitely. Oh, for I, sure. was dark, I was in a dark room. Yes. That might maybe why probably. So yeah, no, um, it looks Re- like, like a game I'd like to try out Resident Evil 4 because Luke still keeps trying to get me to try horror games. He says, you're missing out stuff. It's a great genre. You need to get into it. I never played them back to back. I still have to play the first one. I just recently bought all of the Resident Evil games as part of the Xbox sale that they just had because I want to go back and experience them. Uh, but for me, I I originally played Resident Evil 2. And now when yeah. you play Resident Evil 2, you need to realize you're actually going to be playing that game twice because you're going to be paying it, playing it from the perspective of Leon Kennedy. And then you replay it again from the perspective of Claire Redfield. And that's the thing, like, w- depending on who you play first, yeah. um, you go back and like you hear, like, if you're playing Leon, you'll hear uh, Claire on the radio and what she's doing and you're doing your own thing. And then after you beat the game the first time, it flips over to Claire Redfield and you go on her side of the story. So the game is a lot longer than you think. Um, and then. I went from that to don't ask me why I ended up getting swooped into code Veronica X and I played that and I ended up playing the director's cut version of it. And that's when I fell in love with the, the resident evil world uh, because you got exposed to characters like Chris Redfield and um, what's it called? Chris Redfield. And you also had uh, Albert Wesker from I remember the first that game, game. I, yeah. I, I I don't really haven't really got into the games. I just remember the first game, and I never completed them. I, I, obviously, my uncle had them, and that, and I played them. And I just remember the first one scaring the crap out of me. Oh, dude! Like I'm know. not trying to get into the lore, but we're talking about games that are like I'm not trying to be spoiler here, but um, that's what hooked me in was that fight between Redfield, uh, Redfield and Wesker. Uh, in code Veronica X, because you find out that they, those two were from the first game, but you also find out that Wesker became infected and rather than becoming, um, rather than basically becoming a zombie or a monster, it will monster borderline monster. Wesker actually became like in code Veronica X, uh, like he would wear black sunglasses to hide the fact that his eyes are now blood red. And he's almost like superhuman. Like when they get into this giant fight, like literally Wesker's punching holes in the wall because the T virus has altered him. And Chris and Chris Redfield is still just a, a very fit human being. So you're watching this huge fight take place in the game. And that's where I fell in love with the lore of resident evil. Um, 
and I'm not talking about like the movies in the theaters. When I say the movies that I enjoyed were those like animated movies that went off of the game lore rather than just inventing their own lore for the silver screen. Oh yeah, I totally, I totally get that. I do. Um, and it's a good genre. I mean, as far as I can tell, because obviously I got um, my mate, mate Luke Steele. He's a big fan, and obviously you, you're a big fan of the Resident Evil games now as well. So that sounds good. But do you think they are going back to the world too much? That's Capcom? what I'm worried about. See, it's kind of funny. Like, it's interesting how, in my opinion, how the gaming world works. Um, because I've grown up in the service and hospitality industry. Yeah. In the bar industry, you're supposed to like revamp your brand every six to seven years, even sometimes even rebrand yourself every 10, like actually change your name. And that's because you can't keep, you got to keep yourself looking fresh. You got to keep yourself looking like you're staying current with the times. And yeah, remasters, the nostalgia thing, the remakes, it always works. But we now see EA is starting to do that. Numerous companies are starting to do these remakes. Um, but that's where at least companies like with Capcom, like you said, they were having a lot of financial troubles and they were able to pull themselves out of that hole with um, obviously the remake of, I believe it was Resident Evil 2. Um, but what really helped them shine was doing uh monster hunter world yeah it's a big people now i'll tell you what I'm, and that wasn't a remake no that game there i mean it might surprise people but that game has a massive massive player base it's made them a fortune people don't exactly people and don't I'm, understand it's a gold mine that game exactly and that's why i'm more like, dude, like capcom like, is I doing the a... remake thing a little hard what about all these other great franchises that they could be growing True. and building like i mean dude invader gaming just exposed me to the warhammer skulls event and how big the warhammer uh community really is and how big the franchise really is oh my god see i just thought it was uh some little figures you paint and you play a game i didn't realize it was that I, I know, I know, I didn't realize it was a big game as in on the consoles. So, That's from what I've game. been able, well, it's actually got a lot of history in the PC. And I've uh, learned you have Warhammer and Warhammer 40K. Warhammer, yeah, I've heard of the Warhammer 40K. I didn't Warhammer, know Warhammer is the, the fantasy like stuff with, you know, like swords and shields and the stuff in the past yeah. of the world of the Warhammer world. The Warhammer 40K is the future version of this that universe where where the or, where the orcs are now spa are spacefaring people <laughs> <laughs> crazy but yeah that's now correct me if i'm wrong a lot of them are on a lot of them are in game pass aren't they um a lot of the pc stuff at least from according to the skulls event a lot of the classic stuff went on to pc game pass oh, that's wow. why i've been that's why i've been making jokes on like hey uh if you canceled your uh your game pass subscription and you only like triple a titles well uh i've got good news they added warhammer titles to pc game pass <laughs> so, um that, right, and yeah. but there was a i i think it's really cool that um you know, it's good to see franchises like that really get a breakout. And that's yeah, where yeah. I, I don't want to see Capcom go down this rabbit hole too deep on like, I get the remake thing, 
but now we're on resident evil four you're going to basically you know at this point are we going to redo them all um well, I, I would be, be drooling at code veronica if they did a remake of code veronica oh my freaking god i think i'd be nine on the table to probably play that remake to be honest i i do think in the end because of the way it's looking i i do think they are going to do them all eventually but now where where does the first now when do we go back to the first game oh, we, we I, because, that's what i mean did we did because we did a remaster we're just going to leave that over on the the remaster world <laughs> i don't know much about this but i think i really think that the original game needs a needs a treatment <laughs> especially if stuff oh, so, 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 so i can play it <laughs> <laughs> um but that's and then, where and then drop it in game pass i don't have to buy it drop it in game pass i'm joking <laughs> uh but yeah that's where i just you know how about this okay cool so we're remaking all these games they're gonna eventually run out of games. They're gonna remake. They are. They, they need That's to why I say, like, how many? Things. It's like uh, Jez Corden was. I heard him on Miles um, Dompierre's Windows Central Gaming's uh, his podcast Chatter Days, um, and he was saying that he was talking about uh, Monster Hunter World and the microtransactions. He says I was very happy to buy microtransactions. Because he said the game for what I spent in paying for the game gave me hundreds of hours of enjoyment, and I was willing to put that money. What game in. is this? Um, Monster Hunter World from okay. Capcom. He says I've spent hundreds of hours playing the game. So they were talking about microtransactions. He says well, I was quite willing to when you give someone because they're on about games and free. You know they're on about quality of games. But he says, if you make a game that compels somebody to play hundreds of hours and they're addicted to it, people will put their hand in the pocket and, and pay, like, just like you, with, it, with it ESO. <laughs> so, well, maybe, maybe he's not as bad as you, maybe. <laughs> I don't I was going to say, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, okay. we've got the new ESO expansion coming out. Oh, yeah, nice. I have a lot of friends that are scared to even try ESO because they're like, well... I've heard that it could be 800 hours just to catch up to the latest content or more. <laughs> oh, dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So. It frightens people. It does. It's like, you know. So welcome, Masuko. Thanks for popping in, mate. appreciate it. If you're not subscribed to Centurion, please drop him a subscribe. Much appreciated. Wait a second. Did our, no, it didn't come out yet. Is it, is it out yet? So there's a question then. The new expansions, are they free for you in Game Pass or do you have to buy them? you got to buy them. So this no, is... Okay. okay um, the expansion... Okay, so for me, it's June 21st. Uh, the expansion launches, already launched for PC and Stadia, which is really cool because I've seen them try to do PC and console at the same time and it, it it literally yeah that that is for sure it's good to see that they're dividing that up now um so mine's the 21st to put it mild so this is where it's actually really cool yet it's also very interesting on how they do this so my friend and his kid game share and the expansions don't even qualify for game sharing that is because the expansions yeah. are all account based. 
to play ESO, uh, okay. you have to have a Bethesda account and you basically create a character under that name. And anytime you make a purchase or play ESO or do anything, it is logged under that account. So that That's way you can have, you can I'll have, yeah, you could have 15 different characters and you can play in your giant massive world as long as all those characters are under your Bethesda account. They all share those purchases, expansions, uh, cosmetic items, all that fun stuff we love now. But because it is account based, just because my buddy game shares with his kid, those expansions do not translate through under under any game sharing game pass. No matter what, if you want that expansion, you have to pay it or you get what's known as ESO plus. Now there is a subscription service, a uh, part of ESO it's called ESO plus it's about $15 a month for $15 a month. You will have all those expansions unlocked. Um, and as long as you keep your subscription, you can keep revisiting all those expansions and worlds. It unlocks the entire game for you. Um, and the big thing is um, it also expands your inventory um, because inventory management is a big deal in ESO. So having your inventory doubled and having this really cool thing called a craft bag, because without the craft bag, all your crafting items go in your physical inventory and your character. And with the craft bag, all your crafting materials go in this little magical thing. That's like from Harry Potter. Hermione carried that thing around where she pulled everything out of her purse. This bag will hold all your craftable, all your crafting items, and it doesn't ever fill out. It has unlimited capacity for crafting items only, and it's part of the subscription service, and it literally makes your life totally different having it. So that's where that's where it throws people's mind. Like, you pay $15 a month to play a game? Yeah, I do. But they give me an amazing value with that $15 a month, it gives me discounts in the store. It gives me access to resources people normally don't have. And it also gives me currency that gets dropped in the uh, the crown store once a month. So there, there definitely is a lot of value to this $15 a month. And that's where you're talking about. Like if you can make a game where people feel like there's perceived value for the money they put in, people will keep coming back. And that's where I don't want to see companies like Capcom you know, put too much time and dedication into remakes because you're going to run out of those remakes, those remasters. And eventually you're going to have to go back to those franchises that helped get you, you know, Monster Hunter World helped save Capcom. Yeah. I don't want to see, Mon that, but all the titles for Monster Hunter World that has been released since then have mostly been associated with the Switch and they're much more smaller independent developed titles. We haven't seen anything on the scale of Monster Hunter World's since monster hunter worlds and the only thing i have seen capcom completely laser focused on is these remakes and i do know that they did resident evil 8 but that's where it's like you can't form your entire game your entire game company at least capcom i know you can have like 343 does halo all the time but capcom can't do that they have capcom, much man. many much more ip to to basically feed to the fans than just one game. See, now Capcom, I feel like I'm rambling. No, you, you got very valid points, Shav. It's like, see, Capcom's one, they all keep going, oh, who's going to require them? I don't think Capcom want to be acquired. I don't think they need to be acquired now. Um, they, they keep banging on, oh, who's going to acquire who? If you don't want to be acquired, you don't have to. You know what I mean? Now, 
you never know. They could be completely. Here's a good, you know, conspiracy. Let me get my tinfoil hat, pop it on. They could be bolstering the Resident Evil franchise to make it very enticing. That's true. To, to basically they, maybe sell the company in the future. But could, this, they huh? They, they could do that. You're right. Now, could be wrong. You know? Now, this is where people want, yeah, you know me, uh, here, get out your, you know, start getting ready to clip me. If some, in my opinion, if it came down to a bidding war for Capcom, I potentially see Sony wanting to spend more than anybody else because for, for companies like mate, okay, I take it back. Somebody like Amazon would potentially go toe to toe for Capcom with Sony. Now oh. that, now that is an interesting concept. That and it's there. all because that the resident evil franchise also has now a, a, it may not be great, but it has an established film presence. There's been streaming stuff on Netflix. There's been multiple movies. Uh, there's even talks of television shows. Um, so therefore, I don't see Microsoft or Google wanting to basically throw the kitchen sink at acquiring Capcom. It's if by some chance Capcom hits their price point, obviously somebody over there will pull the trigger. But what I'm getting at is we saw it with Bungie. Microsoft let Bungie slide by because they don't need Bungie as bad as PlayStation needs Bungie because PlayStation saw the potential of if we get Bungie under our umbrella, these guys know how to do games as a service. We want to release games as a service, X amount of games in the next 10 years, and these guys can help facilitate and fuel that very quickly. So therefore, Bungie is worth more to PlayStation than Xbox, which is why PlayStation paid so much for Bungie and Microsoft would have never done that. And that also can be said about Capcom where Microsoft and Google could let them slide because PlayStation and Amazon are willing to fork out more value because they're able to take advantage of the established film side of Resident Evil. That's true. But one thing you're forgetting, Sony will probably get Capcom. Because do you remember, oh, we wouldn't want a big American company buying a Japanese company, would we? Well, that's the Japanese. The, whole... the, the Japanese authorities would get involved. They would. Well, that's the interesting part. Is <laughs> I've heard so many theories that I cannot argue with. That <laughs> PlayStation themselves are trying to bolster themselves up. Now, this was also before the pandemic, before gaming exploded and all this other stuff. So we could be, it could be a completely different mentality now at PlayStation. But at least, if you want my opinion, if PlayStation ever, ever does go up for sale, the one company in this world that is going to pay top dollar You're going for to say Apple, aren't you? No, I'm, no. Oh, the, okay. Amazon. And that is because of Sony Pictures. Mm, still Japanese American company buying Japanese. It, it doesn't happen very often. It don't happen very often, but people would not have. Here's the funny part. I think if Xbox came out and tried to buy PlayStation, they would be setting cars on fire in the streets. Um, if, yeah, that if, would be if, if, that if would Am definitely nail the coffin in what you'd call monopoly. For the sure. Platform. But, but somebody <laughs> like Amazon do, I know they're an American company, but dude, I mean, they've got warehouses all around the oh, world. No, I don't I, even, I don't no. even really know who actually owns Amazon and who technically what what part of the world oh, they're I know what you're with. But 
I've heard various mergers and acquisition lawyers saying it, and they're saying it is possible for an American company to buy a Japanese company, but it's very, very complex on how you get around it. It's not as simple as loads of red tape. Right, but... They're saying that if it ever happens, if if... Say, for instance, Microsoft money. I know Microsoft now own a Japanese studio in Tango Gamework by via Bethesda. That's one if company. They, yeah, but if they ever manage to acquire an actual, it was suggested if they managed to acquire even a small Japanese dev, it would be it would it would make major major news, or a publisher, it would make bigger news than when what you're seeing with with um. Activision Blizzard is so, bigger news. Right. Now, and that that's where I just don't with that whole situation, I think then, Amazon probably has a much more established presence worldwide than Microsoft does. Oh yeah. Microsoft doesn't want to get into making movies, anyway, or TV shows. It's too much and, of a headache. And right. And that's where I say because we already see um Amazon purchased MGM Studios. Um there's we could go back and forth on the James Bond stuff on who really owns what and what's going to happen. But the point is they bought MGM studios. There was actually also a lot of people don't realize that new line cinema was under MGM studios. That is why all of a sudden Amazon is able to make a Lord of the Rings series because new line cinema was the production company for Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And now all of a sudden Amazon ends up with MGM studios. And all of a sudden there's this exclusive Lord of the Rings show. You can clearly see what Amazon is trying to do. And if Amazon doesn't ever get their hands on a company like Sony, they, they, for starters, gaming would be their next thing overnight because they're already trying to get stuff established with that. But also for them having access to some like um, Ghostbusters, is actually under the uh, Sony umbrella. I could sit here and talk about Spider-Man, but I think if Sony changes hands, I think Sp- uh, Spider-Man goes back to Disney. Um, but that, there's that, numerous that IPs. true. It, it, it defaults back to the original IP holder. If that right. was ever to happen, and they, they will make sure that doesn't happen. Right, but there Why is other established... There is other established franchises under Sony under Sony Pictures, and that's the other funny part is if you go look at some of these franchises, like the original the original Ghostbusters was under Columbia House, and yeah. and, and so that means under the MGM Studios, anything that was made under MGM New Line Cinema or Columbia Pictures, pretty much Amazon got their got their name stamped on. Hey, we own this now. Yeah. See, because always that there's always that question where podcasts have to I don't do it so much, but certain podcasts they bang on about Microsoft needs a comic book game. Now I'll tell you something now, right? If Xbox wanted a comic book game, yeah, they would have one. Yeah. Because Microsoft they say has got big budgets, etc. All they would have to do is have a meeting with Disney. We want this character, please. How much to license to get, to make a game? Well, boom, there you go. They don't want to make one. No, and that's because of that roadblock we talked earlier. 
No, Microsoft no, I, does I, I, not see value in the entertainment industry like Sony does. Uh, yeah, but I'm, what I mean is, uh, just even the video game, they don't they don't want it. They don't. Because they would have done it by now, wouldn't they? No, no, but that's why I'm saying, even as a video game, you're, I'm not even, they don't, they don't see as much perceived value in entertainment-based IP as Sony does. That's true. And, and, and that's what I'm not even talking about Sony Pictures, but we're talking like look at one of the VR games that came out, uh, The Walking Dead. A, 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 a technically, it good. looked good. It looked good. Yeah. But we're also talking about The Walking Dead. In my opinion, a, a, a television. It. Oh, um, dude. It was a good show. It was yeah. a good show until you got like six seasons in and you're just like, okay, man, th this, this, this is just like beating a dead horse with like four or five different sticks at this point. And when you got into the actual background of the show about how the producers actually effed over uh, the kid uh, that actually played. Uh, one of the main roles in the television show, like he was in the first, like he was in there for a very long time. You watch this little boy grow up and literally when he got old enough to go to college, they, the writers were supposed to, to write it to where he was supposed to disappear and come back after he got out of college. And the writers decided to basically screw him over and kill his character off. And that's why the main character, Rick Grimes left. One of the main characters did not agree with the guy who plays Rick Grimes did not agree with what the producers did to that kid and him. And I think a couple of the actors basically said they're done. And that's why you saw Daryl become the main character of The Walking Dead, because um, he he actually stuck with the show through all the drama. Um, wow. okay. Yeah, dude, there, there's a lot of behind the scenes BS that went on with The Walking Dead. And that's why I think it's really interesting. Now we're going to see it probably get a resurgence in VR uh, because let's just face it. You're going to probably have a lot less drama with actors and stuff like that. You only got to deal with developers, but, um, but again, it just goes right down Sony's path of does this game have relevance when it comes to TVs? And, I mean, to movies and television. <clears throat> and like, I guess if you want to, let's keep this Sony thing going so we can kind of stay on course. Yeah. Um, one thing we all like we saw in the Sony show, something that they're very well known for. And I'm not trying to say the word deceptive as like a diss. Oh, no, but it is say. what it is. But like we, it's Sony has made a very, very large uh, part of their marketing strategy. Uh, in being deceptive, talking in double standards, saying things that don't really apply, like we believe in generations kind of stuff. <clears throat> and we saw that. Um, the funny part is uh, we've seen this in the past with Sony. With uh, We talked about it on TXR last night. Destiny Cologne, when they have the marketing yeah. rights to yeah. Destiny, they couldn't even acknowledge the Xbox's existence, let alone let them know that it was going to be a multi-plat game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then also, like with Red Dead Redemption 2, we saw them take the PlayStation 4 boxes and the Red Dead Redemption 2 PS4 game and put the word PlayStation exclusive in big, bold, pretty letters. And in very itty bitty little fine print, it said it's a cosmetic coonskin hat. Yes. That is part of this PlayStation exclusive. I don't know if someone got caught on that for the Avengers game. 
he bought the Avengers game, you know, when all the hype was there. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man. He bought, he, he bought the disc. So I said to him, oh, I'm looking forward to playing with Spider-Man. So I said, just, just look, look at your box. What do you mean, look at your box? Look at your box. Oh, yeah, coming look soon. Look at the sticker. Oh, you're fucking joking. That's why. And then he looked at it. Next, I didn't see that. I just seen the exclusive Spider-Man skin. He did, never never read the, uh, the oh, date yeah. on it. And, and and that's where we we got we were talking about it last night, um. And the reason why we bring this con this conversation up because this is going into the next game. When you watch an Xbox event, yes, sometimes that that art of deception pops up every now and then because let's face it, they are a corporate structure. Any corporate any corporate marketing team is going to try to create a magic show for you. Um, and that's where. Um, it, it comes down to when they advertise a lot of games now, at least on the Xbox stage, that whole world premiere, the term world premiere means that it's probably more than likely going to be multiplat. It's because it, they have that slogan of exclusive. It straight up says exclusive when the game comes on. So when you see the term world premiere, that means that that game is probably more than likely not going to be exclusive and it's going to be on multiple platforms. But that doesn't work for Sony, as we all saw in this uh, this last past yeah, state they, of play. I edited the video, didn't I? They the they did some little bit a little bit of video editing uh, for starters. Um, we all had an idea that we were going to be seeing a lot of VR content, but they let us know that there were going to be a a first party studio announcement. Well, we got that first party of studio announcement with Guerrilla Games. Didn't get Thor Ragnarok, did you? I mean, not Thor Ragnarok. Oh my God, God of War Ragnarok. You were never getting that Centurion. Oh, I know we were never getting that. Are you kidding? So, so let's let's wind it back a little bit. So, if you look at the past three or four um, first-party AAA big-budget games, you may not notice this, but or you may have noticed it. Like you know, you got a little show, like half an hour showcase. You don't get. So, say how Xbox does their showcases. They do, who knows what they're going to do Sunday. 90 minutes probably, or less, right? So, they do 30-minute show, PlayStation do. But when they announce, so, oh, I'll use examples. Horizon Zero, sorry, Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo. Eight, seven, whatever number there was, yeah? They get their own show. It's only that game. So when God of War Ragnarok is announced, it, they will announce it, and they will announce the God of War Ragnarok state of play and date. That's what they would do. You, they, they, they just dedicate it to one big game now. They've moved... In the past three or four games, they've moved their strategy. When the, when their biggest games are coming out, they just, they just give it... They get a whole state of play, and you, you'll see it, God of War Ragnarok, state of play. Mm. And then they do the state of play, then it, about a month or two after they release the game. That's mm. how that's how they roll now, PlayStation do. No, um, I'm not trying to say... So, when was the last time you ever saw a barn-burning PlayStation stage event? Something that basically everybody and their grandmother tuned in, hardcore and casual alike. Not really. 
uh, that's where are the best that, when they're doing them. I'm with well, they, well, that's the only thing. They do their yeah. own strategies, but they like to. Uh, they know Jeff Keeley is going to bring in more viewers than PlayStation could because Jeff Keeley is that guy that the casuals associate. And I even don't like the word casual. The more, uh, the more entry level gamer, somebody who doesn't know the who's who of the gaming industry and who to listen to. Jeff Keeley has this ability to come out and basically be that guy for you to gravitate to if you're new to the community or you just don't know who to trust. Um, and that's where, you know, he would be able to bring in more fans. And that's where you I see. think he's going to give him Ragnarok? No way. I See, that's the only thing. There's <laughs> no stage of I haven't really like they're not doing PSX anymore. The PlayStation experience well, or. Not- it's like that, that PlayStation State of Play. So apparently that was part of the Summer Games Festival. Mm-hmm. And a little logo slapped in the video, and that was it. It is that mm-hmm. participation. I actually it. saw that because I actually had to edit it out. <laughs> 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 I, that's where I thought it was funny. I'm like, mm-hmm. who the hell? What was it? Did Jeff Keeley show up and be like, can you watermark that real quick? <laughs> Yeah, that's probably it. That was probably it. <laughs> but it was it's like just... you can be can be part of it. Just put my fuck, but just put put it in there for about ten seconds, and that we're good. So you could have a state of play come up during summer game. What I'm getting at is you're not going to see that random state of play like in the middle of September for no damn reason at all. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a state of play for Thor. I mean, for God of War Ragnarok. I'm gonna keep saying the word Thor just because I'm just screwed up in the head like that. I think um, you will get one for that. <laughs> but um, but the well, what I'm saying is we're going to see that state of play around something. There's a reason why PlayStation did a state of play. Hey, we were able to swoop in and do it before before Xbox. First one out gate. It was like it's like that person on YouTube that gets in the chat first. First, I was in the chat are, first. This is a, this 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 isn't PlayStation's intentions yet. Well, what, what they I'm want, what they, is what I they think want they're to do want, is they want, want more of a focus. Say Xbox has a great showcase. Right. Our PlayStation has historically done it is sat back and watch what Xbox have done. And that's they, what you're going to say. They want to see Xbox get all the hype. Then they're going to drop something to crack, crush, to crush the mind share. They'll do it. Right. And, and that's, and that. And that's part of their strategy. And that's why I've said I've never seen Sony come out with this huge stage presence because they're always like, I'm not trying to be mean, but they are the reactionary company. They react to what other companies do. So when you're reactionary, you can't sit there and be like, oh, well, um, September 4th, we're going to have a stage event and we're going to blow the whole world away. No. They yeah, strategically yeah. wait for their yeah. moments to let that mic well, I'm drop. Not, I'm not saying they're going to wait for Xbox Showcase and immediately after do it. They'll give it a bit. So I'm also welcome to Mav. Fun speculation. Thanks for popping in. And Masuku says, if I do not get... Hang on. They're confused. But what the hell does he mean? Do you mean God of War Ragnarok? Or does he mean four? Thor Ragnarok, that? I'm doing it. Oh my god, yeah, I still ADHD you, you is mean, totally Masuka. contagious on a worldwide Masuka, level. You, <laughs> Masuka, you mean I think this is what you mean. If I do not get God of War Ragnarok game by Christmas, I'll be very disappointed. I don't think he means four. 
I am so sorry. This is why I tell people ADD is so contagious. What, 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 what is Thor Ragnarok, Masuka? Thor, Thor Ragnarok is a, is a movie that came out a long-ass time ago where actually freaking Thor's sister it. whooped his you, you can go and buy it. You can go. Yeah. I can go get it right now. I think I've got it on 4K. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Where's your Where's your brother? We need your brother here, dude. If we're gonna start going down the Marvel freaking rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Um. But no, amazing. that's. I had to laugh at that. Uh. No, but sorry, no. but yeah. It's. But yeah. It is the, the movie. <laughs> but it's crazy what was going on at the minute. But Street of. I think you were leading to Street Fighter Six, weren't you? Oh, that's what I yeah. We were getting to that to that Street Fighter Six thing, which we all saw the that Street Fighter game that Sony obviously paid for. They deserved for that game to be exclusive. There is no doubt in my mind. Like I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh my god, it should have been on Xbox, you know. But obviously, uh, the I think is who makes uh Street Fighter. Uh, hang on, I'll see if it's in the blog post. I'm on the blog post now. Uh, no, I mean, PlayStation, they probably won't tell you. I'll go down to the bottom. Because there's loads on this game. Uh, well, Capcom, look at that. Oh, yeah, no, the publisher's Capcom, yeah. yeah I knew, Capcom, I knew that. Um, uh, Street Fighter Developer. Because on obviously in the PlayStation block, it, you have to get, you have to go to um, streetfighter6.com. So, it's on there. Welcome to, hang on, I'm going to attempt to say this. Welcome to Rips Norta. Welcome. Have I said your name correctly? Thanks for popping in. Yeah, you see Capcom is, I guess Capcom has the full development on it too. And that's where, you know, again, that shows you how Capcom has changed as a company right there. The game I want. This is actually Street Fighter 6 and, and, uh, Fun speculation said Street Fighter 6 was announced for the Series X and S, and that is true. Yes. However, it wasn't announced as state of play. play. Yes, which was what we thought was funny, which is where we lot like the whole deception thing. Because we saw on Twitter, everybody was running around with that screen cap of like, look, it's exclusive. It's exclusive. It's um, you guys uh, got a problem. That was the, the PlayStation one where they were required to remove the Xbox logo. If you go to the Capcom website, it, it says Series X and oh, yeah. Xbox on the on the website. And like, dude, it, you it's like interesting though as well, though, thing too, and how it's on the PS4, PS5, but it's not on the Xbox One. It's on the just a series console. So there was no mention of Xbox One, maybe. Just thought um, that was interesting because it's on the PS4. That's all. That means probably more than likely Xbox like at least in my mind. Uh, X because uh, normally when you see stuff like that, that means at the time of its development, they were not working on the Xbox One version of the game, which means that X, but it was probably not going oh, to be on the Xbox One. And somehow, be, whatever happened with the Series X, maybe Microsoft came in and decided to rework the deal. Because here's the funny part that's how contracts work. You, this yeah. game is exclusive to the PS4. Well, they came out with a new. They came out with a new generation of consoles, and that wasn't in the contract. So, guess what? It's allowed to be on the Xbox now because Mav saying that the Xbox also do the same thing when there's marketing deals in place. They remove the PlayStation logos. 
Right. So for, but, the, for the events. I didn't know that. No, but no, but what I was saying is that Microsoft is not as uber aggressive about doing that. Like I even for games that I've walked into a GameStop and even yeah. a game like a Jedi Fallen Order, they had the marketing deal for that. But if you walked into GameStop, the logo still said it was on both consoles. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't nothing on the scale of Destiny Cologne. Like, I mean, like name another time a company had to create a fake falsified product to somehow underhandedly let the world know that the game was multi-plat. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're very ruthless anyway. They are. They are very, but I tell you what, it looks like a cracking uh, street fire six. looks like a great game. I might actually have to get this one because uh, it does look very good. Very I'm, good. I'm weird. I'm like a Mortal Kombat purist. I've not played fighting games in years. I'll probably say a lot. I'll, I'll probably probably get it, but I probably won't. But it does look cool. I thought it does look good. See, fight, when I was growing up, fighting games were more relevant then. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't really. The, the market was bigger back then. If you want me to games. be, if you want me to be a truthful, yeah. I think fighting games <clears throat> were the perfect multiplayer. For just that point in in how gaming worked, they were, um, then, yeah. You know, because yeah. like, let's put it this way: you know, back in those days, if you wanted to play multiplayer, you had to like play split screen. If you had more than two people, you were playing on tiles on your on your TV that were only a couple inches in either direction. And with a fighting game like Mortal Kombat, Killer Extinct, and other games like that. You didn't have the split screen issue. You had literally one dude on one end of the screen, one dude on the other end of the screen, and you're just you're seeing this culmination of friendship and brotherhood come together on the screen with people just having absolute fun. And that's where the fighting games to this day don't have that that at least that feeling to them because nowadays they're just played online. You don't have that socializing aspect of where no, everybody gets together and has these tournaments in their own house. I always remember, I think Lord Cognito and I think Hinsley as well when they came on the on the subscast. I think they both mentioned about playing uh, fighting games in the arcades and how it yes. used to be. And that's and that was a social. That was a yeah, it was. So social. this is one of the biggest problems with multiplayer games, in my opinion. Um, and that's why when like, forgive me, you know how hey everybody get ready to hit your record button. I've been waiting to say this probably on some show. There's certain games that exist today that people hold in a very high regard. And the only reason why they do is because of the multi, the feeling, the multiplayer game and a classic example, GoldenEye. I'm a James Bond fan. I've watched every James Bond. I can name almost every actor who played James Bond. I can tell you the synapse of the James Bond franchise. I can tell you the highs, the lows, when it's coming out, all this stuff, right? Can any of you tell me the plot of the GoldenEye movie? Most people that think of GoldenEye don't resort the game to the plot of the campaign of the game. They go straight to the multiplayer thing. Another and another game that been that banked off that uh, the, that was actually done by the same company, Rare, was Perfect Dark. It was a GoldenEye clone, and the main reason why this game blew up is because of the multiplayer. I think it's really interesting how certain games get put on these very high mountaintop pedestals with these unshatterable glass ceilings 
because of the multiplayer. And that's where I say there's a fundamental flaw with multiplayer just because the game is an absolute blast to play at the development studio um, with with yeah. fellow developers that you work with and you bring your friends and family members there and you play the game with them and it's all done on this socializing aspect of playing the game with people in the room and playing the game with people that you know. Well, let's remove the socializing aspect. Now you're playing the game by yourself with people you don't know and, and it basically a lot of people avoid discomfort and that's why you don't see a lot of these games do well now on the, even though it's still multiplayer and we can do it online, but because we've removed a very physical side of the social side of the game, in my opinion, it's, just, it's almost mute now. Right. No. You got a good point there. You have it. Uh... Like good it's example. Just... Let, let, let's harp on an Xbox game right now. Yeah. Obsidian bleeding edge a passion project that all those developers had a blast playing in the development studio because they were playing with their friends and family and their coworkers. The game got put in game pass. It was a multiplayer game that had basically nothing there for it. There was no social aspect none of the stuff that was experienced physically making the game over, over at obsidian. And that is why bleeding edge was a very short lived project for obsidian. Yeah, no, was, I never actually tried it. I, I tried it. Me and my friends played it. We went right back to Overwatch. Really? <laughs> because Overwatch had a lot. Yeah. There was a lot more to it. It really sucked. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say that that Bleeding Edge sucked. In my opinion, it was letting Obsidian get some practice in a style of gaming. You know, you got to start somewhere. So why stop them? Let them learn. Um, but in my opinion, though, it, it was very lackluster of a game. But when you would hear all the developers talk about Bleeding Edge, it was like the greatest thing in the world to them because they were making this with their friends at work and they were socializing with their friends at work. They were interacting with this game with their friends at work. And the minute it came out to the public, well, the public doesn't all hang out at work together. And a lot of people don't like playing these multiplayer games with random. Like ever since the advent, the advent of uh, party chat, gaming chat, like, I mean, like, dude, when I go on ESO, my gaming chat is actually completely turned off. The only way to talk to me on ESO is to party chat me. Yeah, it, it is like dead. People don't people don't speak in public lobbies like in the... When, well, that's also because people fly off the handle in these public lobbies too. It's true. And people breathe down the mic and play music down the mic and scream down the mic. and Oh, dude, ESO, it's in, yes. So with ESO, you have a text chat on the side of the screen. Yeah. And depending on your mood, you can put it in different colors. The people who get pissed put their stuff in bright red. And some of the vulgar, like sexually explicit things that, I mean, you're just like, oh my God, do you, Dude, you're typing that into the server. Like the developer is going to see that. Why are you saying that? Yeah, it's strange what people do. It is. I tell you what, I something interesting. Right, I went to my games last night, Centurion, to have a look at my library. I'm really miffed. I've downloaded Warzone recently, and I don't understand because I went in my games library when the game was closed. And according to my games library, I own the new Call of Duty Black Cold War. No, you do not. So is so is is it inside Warzone? Is that why it's saying <clears throat> it? Yes. 
so that, that that's where no. when i bought cold war it downloaded no. warzone onto my console and i was like how the fuck did this get on here oh, oh, I, was, <laughs> I, was, no, so I, I haven't bought cold i haven't bought it so but, you've i was, I was um, confused um is it saying it's available for download yes so, so what you're what's going to happen is so this is where it's messed up yeah. The title screen for Cold Zone, I mean War Zone and Cold War. Now we're calling it Cold Zone. See how yeah. my mind works. the t- The title screen for Cold War and War Zone literally says, "What game would you like to play?" I did go into War or I, I War did, Zone. I did go in there, but I see more games than that in there. Though they're offering Ex- more than that. They were exactly, yeah. They're off, they're they're trying to. I died within like... seconds, though. I mean, I I played <laughs> War Zone. I kept Dude. I kept jumping in, die. Jump in, die, jump in. I couldn't. I couldn't last more than a minute. So I'm not a warzone. I'm not a warzone fan. I, I try played, it. Cold, I played Cold War with some friends for a while. Um, I actually enjoyed Cold War. Um, I'm not gonna. I actually had a good time. But also, games like that are very fleeting for me because it like you can only live, die, repeat, live, die, repeat, live, die, I, repeat. I, I, tr- I tried it because I've been watching the Call of Duty. You want to have some and... real fun. Esports uh, recently because I, 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 I in, like watching that. In Cold War, there's yeah. a mo- there's a mode in Cold War where literally it's called hide and seek or something like that, where one team is totally normal and they have oh, all these guns, and the other team is your inanimate objects. You could be like a park bench, a tree, oh, right. a trash right. can, a chicken, <laughs> and it's like the object of the game is like. Okay, I, 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 and you randomly get these things. So it's like, oh, I'm the park bench. So you're now running around looking for other park benches to transform into a park bench to look normal because the object of the game is you are to hide your character from the people that are hunting you until the timer runs out. And it's absolutely hilarious to watch people randomly running around shooting at trash cans, tires, park benches. And then you watch a chicken run by because if you're the lucky guy who gets the chicken, you can be mobile and fast. And you see all these guys chasing a chicken and shooting at it. It gets so stupid. That's crazy. That is. Oh, and sorry. Those are the unique game modes that I like. <laughs> I, I used to play Call of Duty all the time. And like this new Call of Duty, this looks intriguing. I, I need to try. I hear Warzone a lot. I'm gonna be upfront. They almost, they almost got me to sign on for that whole King Kong and the uh, King Kong Godzilla event. It's so uh, but pace, though. I'm, I'm used to gears, you see. When I play gears, it's a lot slower. People think oh. gears is fast paced. It's it's slow. It's not. It is definitely very very fast paced compared to gears. But if you play, but gears is fast, but it. It's slow compared to Call of Duty. Oh, no, no. Call yeah. of Duty, dude. I mean, Call of Duty, uh, at least playing Cold War, it was like spawn, crouch, you ever and watch just start hauling you, ass you. to the other side of the map as quick as you could. I tell you, you should watch one of the best Call of Duty players in the world, his channel, or whatever, Optic Optic Play, uh, and Scumpy's this Optic Scumpy. He's one of the best Call of Duty players in the world. He's nearly 30 now. He's, he's, been, on, he's, been, he's been in that many... I think he's been in 800 series. He's a professional player. And he is just, he's nuts. He really is. He's a whole other level. But in them kind of games, if a whole team's not synced, he can be as good as you want. You still need the whole team to win, don't you? 
but he's fucking he's incredible. He is, but I do like watching the, the, the professionals play Call of Duty. But I don't know if I could. I used to play it all the time. You see, he'd be quite good at Call of Duty, but I kind of stopped. He used to make me angry. You know, the campers and stuff. I used to get quiet. I play Call of Duties for the campaigns. I wait till they're like twenty bucks most of the time, and I pick well, them up. In a few years, if this Microsoft deal goes through, you'll be able to play the campaigns in a few years' time. Ah, uh, no, oh. I already, I dude, I've played World War Two. I know as soon as Vanguard hits the twenty dollar yeah. range, I'm gonna probably pick up Vanguard just because Everyone's I want to check out the this, campaign. Um, perception that when it, the deal's done, that Call of Duty is coming straight to Game Pass, and it's just not, just not true. The minute the the deal run the marketing deals run out and the, the deals of sign with Sony run out, then they'll probably come to Game Pass because I can guarantee you now them deals have got them deals locked up and they won't be allowed on competing services. So everyone's thinking, oh no, the minute the deals come on, it's all dropping in Game Pass. It's not. Guarantee Call of Duty is one of the ones that won't be going into Game Pass straight away. It will be once all them deals have ended, correct. I guarantee they're written in. PlayStation ain't stupid. They're not. I'm not saying they have. I might be wrong, but from a marketing standpoint, you wouldn't really want that in the... While you've still got a marketing deal, you wouldn't really wouldn't want it in Game Pass for note, would you? Well, it the only sense. problem... But we also mm. saw that like with shows like MLB... With games like MLB The Show, sometimes a marketing deal don't mean nothing. Yeah, but... Yeah, but that yeah, but that wasn't really. That's not down to PlayStation. That was down to MLB saying. But that's where Xbox could come in and say, "Well, if you ever want to, if you want to have continual access to 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 these games and basically be able to keep your your fan base on these games, these are our like I like let's just say if the deal goes through, Microsoft will have bargaining power. They will not. I've, 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 I've already heard that PlayStation because, is. Because then they could go, okay, then you're threatening to take Call of Duty off our platform. Let's just ring the FTC and let's see how this goes. No, that's the only thing. The F- that's the other thing, too, though. You can't just just because you write a letter well, doesn't well, mean they're going to come that. visit you. I, but Yeah, I know, but that and that's, is, that, and, they've made it clear they've got to keep Call of Duty on multi-plat. They've made that but they got to keep multi, but there's ways around. So here's the thing. We got to keep Call of Duty multi-plat. Oh, the game runs like shit over on PlayStation, though. That's not yeah. in the contract. Oh, guess what? Oh, game has to be multi-plat. The game only runs at 1440p at best on the PlayStation. Hey, guess what? It's not in the contract. It has to be 4K. Yeah. If we, they we want, know, it, it's kind of... Microsoft it's kind of like those shoehorned ways of if they want support for the game, mm. if they want everything that goes along. Hey, just because the game's on your console doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, they're going to want, obviously, uh, to be able to keep their player base happy with, with good servers, stuff like that. And that's where PlayStation is actually starting to learn to play nice. Um, I've even heard a couple people talking about how PlayStation is aggressive in their marketing but they are also starting to kind of if you notice uh god the playstation isn't in that that position anymore of where we feel like we have total control because we're the market leaders when xbox has control over bethesda xbox is about to potentially get control over activision 
and Xbox also seems to be, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Have you muted your mic? Are you there, Centurion? He's muted his mic. So, yeah, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please drop us a five-star review. There we go. Are you back now? Am I back? Yeah, you cut off for about like a half a minute. What the fuck? Yeah, you did. You, you, you weren't even... I, I thought you muted yourself. It was like... I've been talking this whole damn time. I feel like an idiot. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't see your microphone talking. I even went. It looks like he's 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 muted himself or something. Nope, I've been I've been talking into the microphone this whole time. God, didn't even know. Yeah, my on my screen, my little thing was popping. Yeah, sorry, well, whatever that. Unless was everyone could hear you, and it just my end, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know, but they might have heard it all. Long story short, um, I would rather see these companies getting along like Microsoft, PlayStation, Nintendo, um, because we already see companies like Tencent, Amazon, um, Google, um, trying to basically interject themselves into the gaming industry. And let's all remember the old adage, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that is where, you know, PlayStation and Xbox need to realize that, competitors like Google and Amazon are not going to sit here and be like, Oh, we understand your place in the gaming industry. No, they're just going to basically come in at it. Um, trying to buy anything and everything they can. They're not going to approach it from a, a passionate gaming industry perspective. And that's where I really, I'm not trying to be a purist, but I'm just trying to say there needs to be some cooperation between Xbox and Sony to at least keep gaming going the direction it is now because if companies like Tencent, Amazon, and Google get involved, it's going to change the course of gaming. Oh, yeah, it definitely will be. It definitely will. It's um, PlayStation and and Microsoft, uh, sorry, Xbox seem to be more cooperating these days. They, they do. Oh, I mean. they're all, I think they're all wanting to cooperate. You know, like, Dude, like, I mean, like, look at, like, for all we know, this new PS Now service is not going to be on Gaikai. It's probably going to be on Azure. Well, yeah, that's probably part of the deal that they signed a few years ago, weren't it? Right. And actually, the funny part is, if you read into that deal, uh, Microsoft was not interested in their gaming division at all. They were actually more interested in their camera technology and lens technology because of what Microsoft wants to do with, uh, uh, oh my God, what is it? The HoloLens. That's what it was. The HoloLens and other stuff like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't, I don't know if it was a pure, I don't know if they're, are they paying for Azure because there was some kind of technology information exchange deal. It wasn't totally money no i think they're paying for azure but also i think they got it at a good deal for sharing that tech yeah so the cooperation that's why you didn't see somebody like sarah bond or phil spencer over there with who was in charge of playstation at the time they sent satya nadala they they sent they, they were like this isn't for gaming send satya come on um but also now i guess we should touch on another thing before we get on that, because I want to hear you talk about it. 
uh, before we get to our Xbox prediction predictions, let's talk real uh, quick on Sonic Frontiers. Oh, man. I've been waiting since you mentioned it to me, and I saw you say a few things in the DM. I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. Sonic Frontiers. Now, I'd shout out to Boldman Gamer, who absolutely hates Sonic Frontiers. I know you're listening. He will be on the Apple Podcasts. I like Sonic. Sonic is great. However, this Sonic Frontiers game looks like some kind of tech demo. It's bland. You look at the open world, yeah? It's empty. It's desolate. The music is trash. It's, it, it's uninspiringly bland. They, I don't know if the developers of this game have ever played a good Sonic game like from the original days of Sonic 1, 2, 3, etc. The music is normally one of the biggest parts. And it it just looks like it looks like a ball ache to play. So it's I played Sonic. Of... What yeah. is your opinion on Sonic Adventure? Like the like the Dreamcast game that's also backwards compatible on the Xbox 360. That was, in my opinion, a little semi-open world. Um, and but I don't I I have to agree with you um, on the whole thing with Frontiers being devoid of any life or filler to the environments because on Sonic Ad- Sonic out. Adventure, there was like animals light. running around, things jumping out of the ocean. Uh, it, it, there was definitely life to the environments. It didn't feel like you were the only thing that existed. The thing is, they let IGN have the exclusive gameplay, worldwide exclusive gameplay reveal. How the f- I don't get it. I've seen certain podcasts in this community or gamers get excited for this, thinking this isn't what's coming out. Yes, it is. I I think they've got to delay this game. They, they've got to. I don't know what they're thinking about. I've I've looked at YouTube videos. I've looked at people commenting. And hardly anyone's actually thinking this looks any good. And certain people are. And I'm thinking, what are you smoking? It, it's, it, the trailer they revealed... When, when they revealed this game, look cool. And the actual, it, it, this looks terrible. I'm not a developer, but this just looks like a tech demo gone wrong. It shouldn't be released. Um, I don't, man, see, this is where, what do you do with the Sonic character? You want it to be open world, but I feel like they need to make that open, they, they need to make that open world like Mario Odyssey style open, open world. world really. It does. They don't need to sit here and somehow, well, Sonic is from a different dimension and he can come into our world. And it's like, dude, there's no dimension in existence that makes you an animated character. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that's it just it just feels like certain things don't trans. like I was a big fan of the Sonic movie. I guess you could say I actually enjoyed watching it, but we saw the backlash that that Sonic fans had when the original movie was advertised and Sonic looked like trash. And that's where the developers should have known that like the Sonic fan base is going to be uber opinionated and very aggressive in their opinions. If by some chance this game doesn't like look the way it should or be the way it should. And that's where they, they I'm very confused on how they thought making a game that empty looking, or at least even if they were, even if the game is not going to be that empty at launch, what made the developer think that was a good idea 
to even show it like that. I mean, we saw the world lose its mind with the Halo Infinite reveal back in the day yeah. where we got, I think we got, what was his name, Gary? Uh, At any rate, we yeah, all know the, the, the low-res, the, Gary, the, Larry, the, Gary the Brute, you know, we all know that iconic guy. And, and that's where everybody lost their mind. And that had life all over the screen. People shooting, things coming out of the sky, stuff exploding. And this Sonic thing was just walking around, collecting rings, grinding on rails, watching little sparkly things and, you know, little 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 shock waves coming out. You're just like, what is this? Like, I, I just feel like I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. It's not good. I don't see how they can actually release this. Well, we all remember what happened with the last Sonic game that they tried to tie into the real world, right? The one where he actually kissed a human chick and the game was some reason, I think, delisted and delisted and then relisted. But it's also considered one of the worst Sonic games ever. Sega even tried to bury the game, but they couldn't. Yeah, it's not good. Is it? Anyways, uh, finally, at least we're done predicting what's going to happen with Sonic. Uh, <laughs> do you think Sonic Frontier is going to show up at the Xbox Showcase? Day and dating Game Pass. Better not Dude, be. For real, for real Sonic be. Frontiers is going to... No, it's probably going to be watched. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be laughed at. That'll be the funniest part of the show if that happens. Oh, no, I'm not saying now, but I'm pretty sure when that game gets close to launch, it'll be like one of those Outriders situations where like 30 days before the game comes out, oh, pre-orders aren't where we thought they'd be. Call Game Pass. Exactly, yeah. Um, If it don't get delayed, that is. Right. Uh, So what are your predictions? Let's just do this. Everybody wants to do it. It's one of those things where I said it on TXR last night. I enjoy the surprises. I enjoy those shocking moments at any stage event. And that's why I could sit here all day long and predict, 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 and talk about what I would like to see. Um, but that's where I feel like every show is doing that. And now I don't they're going through everything. Just... I know they're going through everything. And that's where I don't want to be the guy that regurgitates the, the thing that got regurgitated three other times. So that's where I'm, I want to at least hear what you have to say, and then I'll just go off that. Well, I'd like to see uh, more of Somerville and a potential uh, potential shadow drop of Somerville, or at least a release date, because that game looks really good. It does. And maybe, I can't see, um, a reveal of Playdead's uh, new game, the people that made Inside. I'm not saying it that will happen. Uh, right now, whatever the coalition are working on, it's obviously rumored to be a Marcus Phoenix, a gear for Marcus Phoenix collection. It might not be. It might just be Gears of War Two uh, remade or remastered. It might not be a collection, and they might just. Or it could be Gears of War 6 reveal, or I think that's well too early though. But it could be a survival, and that could be because there's rumors of it they're making a new smaller IP that isn't Gears of War, it's a survival horror game. Now, that could be 
a new IP. But it could also be just another Gears of War game in the Gears of War universe. It could be a survival horror Gears of War universe game because that would really work. That <laughs> that could work. Judgment Redux. That that would if if, if that was it, it would, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> they, they, they know the hate the dog. Hey, let's remaster the one game nobody wants. <laughs> but the, what? Yeah. Uh, hey, and then and then to add insult to injury, we're gonna let people can fly do it. The ones that because they're the people that made it. You know, don't you? The ones that made Outriders, they made uh, Gears of War Judgment. Oh wow! I did not know that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And that, yeah. But um, my predictions are hard. I just want to see some new games, uh, some surprises. Um, it, it's hard. I'm, I've heard people on podcasts, and they've made some great, great predictions. And I'm terrible at making predictions. I want to see something from the Coalition Studios. I'd love to see Gears, as you probably know. Somerville would be nice to see. Play Dead's new game, if gets a real, highly doubt it. Uh, here's one for the indie game. A Hollow Knight would be shown off, but it's very doubtful. Hollow Knight was shown off on the, on the Nintendo Direct when it first <coughs> uh, when it first was revealed. Um, I, I would say that's where they're going to reveal it if the, if and when they do. Um, but uh, um, I don't really know what else to be honest because. There's that many game shows you see. There's, there's tons coming up, but it's hard to know. You won't be seeing Call of Duty because Call of Duty's already been announced to have the gameplay reveal at the Summer Games Festival this uh, this Thursday. Um, uh, I'm a bit stuck. You probably come up with better. Sorry if this is everyone. If you're listening, if my predictions are rubbish, it's just really hard to say. They could have loads of kick-ass new games to show off. But I haven't Hellblade Two, maybe, but that might be at the Game Awards. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know. I'm a bit stuck. <laughs> I don't know. Well, for me, it's like, you know, what do you what do you want um, from me? Um, last night, I did say that. I just like to be there for the celebration of gaming. Uh, it's good to see that gaming is becoming a lot bigger, at least in my it's, mind. Yeah. Um, it used to be a very, you know, a passe kind of thing. Like, oh, I go home and play games. Oh, my God, you do that? Like, now it actually seems like a fairly normal thing to go home and it play does, games. Yeah. It's part of our entertainment culture. Um, <clears throat> and that's what I love about gaming because i mean i was never a big fan of like oh games rot the mind and all this other stuff no there, there's positive things to gaming um and so when it comes to the shows i always love those surprises but if you want me to sit here and i kind of debated debated about it in my head last night and <clears throat> i want to see like state of decay three i enjoyed state of decay one and two um, I heard they're wanting to go with the Unreal Engine 5 as for its development, and I would love to really see that game in the Unreal Engine. Are they going to take full advantage of the Unreal Engine 5, or are they going to use that power elsewhere in the game, and it's still going to look like State of Decay 3? I mean, State of Decay 2, which I really hope that game gets a graphic update. I really do. Um, but now, obviously, 
God, I could sit here and say that, you know, we could probably see Starfield gameplay or, or, or we could have another sit down session with Todd Howard, where he gets out a photo album and shows more sketches of planets (laughs) of Starfield. I don't know. Like, I mean, it could be one of those things. Um, We could also have um, the next iteration of for Sea of Thieves. Um, Don't like everybody says. Yeah, yeah, you will see Sea because from what I understand, every big Xbox showcase or E3, apparently uh, someone told me, uh, I had it on Green Pass Gaming, that that. Sea of Thieves is always there. It has been for quite a long time now. So they'll show something. They will. And they'll be, they'll be, you're right, there'll be a few updates. And I'll, I'll throw it in the hat then. Maybe you'll probably see, because it's not been a big DLC for Forza Horizon 5. You'll probably get a, a big drop about that game, maybe. A load of updates for loads of their first party. Right. Yeah, you'll you- see. We'll see probably some some slight general news, probably for Halo. Uh, we'll see probably a, a little bit of a mention of Starfield because they got to recapture some of that marketing loss from the delay. Um, and that's why I'm just saying that I, I don't think they're going to be like stone silent about it. Um, um, there's On a lot sale like, now Starfield jackets, t-shirts and hats. That's funny. <laughs> joking. Um, so that, what is it? Um, some of the like uh invader talked about compulsion's new game we all know that compulsion has been doing something oh, it could be time. It, yeah it could yeah. be time for that um you talked about kind of like what the coalition had going on uh mentions I, I don't see how they can keep slating hellblade 2 to the yeah. to to the game awards uh-huh. because eventually they're just going to have to basically get that game on a stage event at an xbox oh. event Keely did downplay. He, he did recently come out this week saying that please, this isn't the Game Awards show. This isn't the place to get your big. Uh, basically, saying that he's not using the words I'm using, but he's saying that this isn't where you're going to find your bombshell announcements. Please, Which... this, this is on the uh, currently released games. Now, he could be doing that to set expectations lower. So if he has a big drop, get a bigger reaction but i don't know it's really weird how he came out and said it no i would agree um and that's and that's where it's those bombshell moments that i really like um oh everyone loves that yeah well i but that's where when phil came out and said i've bought these we've we've acquired all these studios oh yeah pretty cool that moment right um and it's just stuff like that, you know, like they could come out with a studio. Oh, no, no, they're not going to come out with a studio purchase. Nope. No, we've got I can't Activision. see that because we got Activision. Activision. Well, you don't know. Up. Well, we actually, there was one, there is one studio that I'm pretty sure, and that's the one that's helping 343. Um, I forget their damn name. Oh, uh, a certain affinity. A certain affinity. Like It's incredible th- to me. They've got 600 staff in 343. Now they're hiring a separate company to come and help them with the game. What well, we got? Nearly 1,000 people working on that fucking game. <laughs> it's mental to me. It really is. It, it's so Microsoft must be laughing that hard. But that's the... They're but- crying. Now, but the only thing is, we're talking like a thousand people, but we're talking as every single one of those people behind a computer developing, or are some of them 
concept artists and they're like a think tank and they're basically yeah. trying to come I up with you i'm not I saying like I, when we say a thousand people that doesn't mean you walk into the not, building that, and every one thousand person is basically behind a computer just grinding out the game i don't know how many work in a certain infinity but obviously coalition have also been they in the run up to the launch they were helping them as well just the amount of stuff i mean i'll be honest though the most capable studio is is coalition coalition could work wonders with less of a budget than well, what 343 have got see now that's why i think it's interesting that you just said coalition because my next thought was the one thing i want to see at, at at any event whether we'll just say the summer game summer of games with jeff Keeley, the xbox stage event playstation state of play a nintendo treehouse i want to see the unreal engine 5 really start being used heavily um the coalition really showed how they can make that look great with that matrix demo um and okay, i'm really yeah. look i'm really looking forward to what the unreal engine 5 is going to do for the gaming industry and the movie industry but that's a total different conversation um but i i i'm definitely that's what i want to see at the show is those moments of what the gaming future is going to give us because uh, gaming now yeah i can already tell you that we're gonna have this game in about one to two years i'm gonna have this game over here and about the, you know this Mac. it's the games that are like this is the concepts of tomorrow and that's the stuff that gets me excited to keep playing games to stay in the industry to keep to keep wanting to find passion for gaming because i'm going to play the games of now i'm going to go back to the games of yesteryear but what's going to keep me in the community is what's always coming down from the future. It's true. It is. It's a case of do they show games that, you know, you're going to be playing this Christmas or next year. Well, like, uh, or most... if they wanted to have a really good show, they could just show snippets of projects coming up to show people a roadmap of what the future is. But then, they got that catch train too, where people keep saying, "Yeah, yeah," you keep saying they're coming, but they never release. So, as hard um, one to please people is. You know what I've noticed with the new advent in gaming tech, especially with uh, <clears throat> the hard drives and the processors that are being used today in console graphics, is look at the Callisto protocol. Oh, that that look at that look at pretty good. Right it, now, but yeah. I'm just saying, look at how much blood and gore and gruesome horror games have gotten at i feel like if you really want to talk about a, a genre of gaming that you could get back and look at the evolution of how gaming has evolved you go back and look at some of these pre previous horror games where they're spilling out like red blobs because that's all they could do back in those 8-bit days and stuff like that and now we're talking where we've got blood and vile dripping from the ceilings and pools of liquid that actually reflect the light off of them. And when you see what the Callisto protocol is doing with like that camera angle of you having to squeeze by that body and all of a sudden the eye opens up and looks at you, just stuff like that. That is, in my opinion, a good example of the evolution of gaming and just how far we have come into shaping these gaming experiences to be m so much more immersive. And th that's why I get excited for what the unreal engine five is going to offer us. What game uh, developers like the ones making the Callisto protocol are going to offer in gaming 
And to me, it looks like it's going to be a very interesting future um, when it comes to these newer games and just the realism they're going to be able to deliver with these environments. Because, I mean, if you can make me feel like like grossed out just from watching a video game cutscene, it's like, my God, I can only imagine playing the game. I know it's it's, it's going to be insane. What with um, the future of gaming, what we're going to see, and what new advancements that is going to happen, it's going to be because we haven't even seen real, real, real mind blowing graphics on these new consoles yet, have we? It's 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 not because they're still learning how to use the tech, aren't they? They're still learning. Still it. learning to use the tech, but also, man, like. Like because of the pandemic, the older generation of consoles became a much more need for the gaming industry right now, which has definitely slowed the progression of this is, you know, we're going to switch over to the next generation on this day. Nobody really knows when the the Gen 8 consoles are going to be completely phased out of uh, having newer having new games put on them. I know, in my opinion, I think Xbox is going to be one of the first ones to to make that push. Um, And I really do feel that Starfield is going to be one of those first games that they're going to make that push with. Because we all know Starfield was only going to be on the Series X um, and a Series X and PC. And that's where I really do feel that at this point next year 2023 we're going to see xbox make a much more heavier push for the series x and that's where i think playstation will probably follow suit shortly thereafter yeah no i would say i would say you got it right there well when they originally came out with the series s series x they said that they were going to keep the older generation viable for two years well that two years ends in in november and that's where i think they're going to start doing uh, basically the whole where they'll start you know fuse the excuse the pun where they start sunsetting the concept of having developers having to make a game for xbox one and series x or series s they would just be able to concentrate on the series s family of consoles and the xbox one users would have to to rely on game streaming to continue playing the newer titles yeah no you're definitely right i mean I would definitely agree with that. That's the way it's going to go, and the way it should go. Um, tell you what I've noticed, though. You know how I've gone about marketing? I've noticed marketing in the UK. Oh, they're basically using Fortnite to advertise the Series S. Xbox Series S has basically got an advert that's around the Xbox Series S. It's Fortnite. And, like, Fortnite, you can see Fortnite inside the little... What you know on the Series S, it's got like a thing that looks like a speaker, isn't you? Whether you've seen it, you may not, you may have seen this advert, you may not, but it's on YouTube. And like they look inside the speaker thing and they can see like what it looks like Fortnite, and that's the whole concept of the video advertising Fortnite on the Xbox Series S. And I thought, oh, you've got Game Pass, you've got all these Xbox games, but you use Fortnite. But I can see why they use Fortnite, because it's a fucking highly popular game. Well, That's why, okay, know. but let's 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 look at that. Um, so we all know to build a comparable PC to the Series S. I'm not over here to debate the Series X, the PS5. We're just we're 
Series S. To make a comparable PC yeah. of the Series S would require the investment, I think, right now of like, I'm thinking like around fifteen hundred bucks, thousand fifteen hundred bucks. I'm not a, I'm an absolute PC guy, but I, I know before the pandemic to get a PC pre-built that was on par with the Xbox One X, it was about a thousand dollars. Well, now we're talking about the Series S, more tech stuff like that. I'm pretty sure it's going to be more expensive than that. Um, <clears throat> So the Series S is a $300 machine. PlayStation really shot themselves in the foot with this concept of we're going to create a $400 machine and we're not going to ever make it very often. It's going to be like a unicorn. So we could say we got that that $400 price point starting at $399, but like a vast, vast, very big, vast majority of the consoles produced are the $500 console. And yeah, when you, it's not the same concept because it's just removing the disc drive. That's all it, it is. But it's the fact that it's, yeah, it's just removing the disc drive. But for whatever reason, play, that's what I mean. Leave the, if you leave the disc drive out, that's one less component you have to make. For whatever reason, PlayStation really, wants to produce the disc models, which means that the average PlayStation 5 that is purchased is $500, at least here in the States. Um, that means the Series S has the advantage of being the same cost of a Switch at $300. It's a much more acceptable price point, especially for people that are living on a budget. And also, it's, it's, it's like basically future-proof because at least currently, um, because the the Switch is technically a Gen 8 console, and it's $300. The PS4 is a Gen 8 console, and it's roughly around $300. The, the Series S is a Gen 9 console, which means that it is technically a next-generation console. For $300, you will be able to continue playing your games, and you will also have some pretty damn good performance playing Fortnite that you would only normally see on a very expensive PC. That's true. It's got a very good point, you have because even my son, he's seen that Series S. And bearing in mind he's seven, he thinks he's got the Series S. Because <laughs> he looks at it and he thinks it looks the same. To him, it does. So I've given up. I just keep saying, yep, yeah, that's the one you've got upstairs, even though and it's not it's not the one he's got. Now, what the hell are you gonna do the day he actually is a like actually is like really good at reading and that that logo cup Xbox One? Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a speed difference. It is annoying loading up Minecraft and that for him. It's really you think you're in the Stone Age, it's like wow, it feels like forever. Oh my god, we played Anthem like two weeks ago, me and my bro and his kid, and he, I'm on the Series X, his kid is on the Series S, and he's on, and he's on, no, and he's on an Xbox One X <laughs> on Anthem. I drop in, a couple seconds later, the Series S drops in with his kid, and that's when it's like, hey, you want to go get a sandwich? I think he's going to be like, dude, like it was like full, like 30 seconds to a minute later. All of a sudden it's all boop. So-and-so joined the game. You're like, oh, hey, it's about time you got here. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, speed different there, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a crazy week and week and a bit. Game shows, there's loads. Oh, dude, I know. We're going to be avoiding social media. We're going to be avoiding social media for uh, the leaks before the show, and we're going to be avoiding social media for the drama after the show. Yeah, it's six p.m. UK time. The Xbox Bethesda Showcase. So that I wish you just call it the bloody Xbox showcase. That's why I keep calling. I'm getting fed up with saying Bethesda as well. 6 p.m. Holy cow. So that means that's going to be like 7 o'clock. That's going to be like 11 o'clock my time. 6 p.m. UK time. Is... You're seven hours out of me, so that'll so be you, 11 o'clock you, my time. Are you coming on my uh, reaction show to it? I w- I'm. Let me see if my bro, my bro wanted to come down and we were all going to watch it together here at my place but if he doesn't i'll probably hop on and do it just because i feel like i feel like i i feel like i'm like a uh like an attack on my wife's sen- uh senses because it's like i've got the the showcase on and i'm getting all excited for games and totally just having my my fanboy come out while i'm watching these events sometimes and i just feel bad when she's just doesn't get the same excitement i do yeah no it's uh so if you can make it, that'd be cool. But it's it's oh, yeah. the same time. Are you not. live streaming it, or are you? Are we just watching I it? I haven't got the tech. It's just a reaction show. Is what you think after? Oh, so you're wanting to do the show after the show? Yeah, a lot of people are doing it after the show as well. They are. I haven't got the uh, what's it called? Centurion. I haven't got. I don't the... see why not. I won't. I won't restream. I won't. I've seen too many people have copyright not... strikes and stuff like that. I don't. I don't watch I don't watch them um like that because you can you can miss you can miss a lot uh and people talk over them. That but too, yep. Everyone's doing it. Um but I'll watch it after. I will. Oh no, so I'll watch it first and then I'll do a reaction show after. So I wonder if there's any games this year I can say. That's going to be delayed, like I did with Starfield. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to. I don't think I'm going to have any. No. God of War. I'm sorry. What? Oh come on! No chuckle at that one. I don't go to war. What did you say? I said God of War. <laughs> You're like we were talking about games getting delayed. I coughed and said God of War. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh, man, I'm not wishing for it to be delayed. I just, I will just sit right anyway, there. If I, I haven't hope... completed the game, I'll be uh, wanting it to be. If I haven't completed the first one by the time that comes out, I'm like, eh, delay it if you want. I ain't completed it yet. <laughs> That's what I mean. Stubbs <laughs> is going to be one of those guys where it's going to be like God of War Ragnarok is being delayed to 2023. Yes, now I can play the first one. <laughs> I'm trying to play it now, but I know I do know it's a really I know it's a really big game. It is. It's a big game, but I, dude, with how much I work, I beat it playing it off and on for about I would say a month. But that was playing it a couple hours a night here and there. It took me about a month because that's how long it took Xbox to fix my Xbox. Yeah, because your, yours broke, didn't it? Um, What one was it? I think. 
Whoa. What is it? Oh, I'm trying to think. I I remember something happened. Oh, I know exactly what happened. It clicked, no. didn't it? No. There was a period of time where I think, dude, like we were, we lost internet and all sorts of stuff. And we didn't, I know there was a, basically I had no access to my Xbox for a while. And I ended up putting in God of War, uh, God of War playing it. And I actually had a really good time playing it. I enjoyed it. Um, Christopher Judge is an amazing actor, both on and off the screen. Um, definitely, I'm looking forward to playing God of War Ragnarok. Um, but yeah, definitely, I'm also not one of those people that's going to say it's impossible for it to not be delayed because we've barely seen anything for it maybe Sony is just being more strategic in how they're going to deliver the reveal of the game and all that good stuff. But I also, because of the pandemic, this whole situation that has been created because of it has made certain things like uncertain. Like you can't, you can't really put, you know, you can't say 100% without a shadow doubt in your mind that that game is coming out this holiday season. Yes. Coming out. There you go. You did. Are you really going to try to do that? Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I don't. There's a re. How about this? Then why? Then the Callisto protocol was advertised very at that event for State of Play for December. So does that they mean historically release God of War in the winter? They they release it in uh, from anywhere from August to September to October maximum. They don't go head to head with COD, etc. They never release them then. Uh, God of War, anyway. I'm only going based off the the last one. I think it was August or September release. Last one was. And if you listen to plastic platforms in Australia, I've just been looking at analytics. Hello to Melbourne in Australia. And Whiz Beach in the UK, it says, whether you live there or not, that's what it's saying. But yeah, um, who knows if it comes out Centurion. We'll have to see. But it should be an exciting show this Sunday uh, for Xbox and Bethesda Showcase. We'll have to see what happens. There'll be too much to talk about next time in the world. Definitely been a fun show it has, though. Yes. I definitely have enjoyed doing these shows. I look forward to them. It's always great to have these conversations. And honestly, it's great to just discuss whatever interests us in gaming. It doesn't have to go down one one path or the other and try to push push preference on one platform or the other. That's why it's called plastic platforms. Exactly. It is. Exactly. But yeah. It's been a good episode today. We've covered quite a bit of topics. Uh, obviously, it's not as strict as normal podcasts. It's more of a shoot. The, I won't swear. Shoot the uh, a gaming conversation where it just leads in any direct. I was trying not to swear then. Any direction. Um, obviously, we went state of play, and then we went to talk about Xbox. We we got back there in the end. We covered the. Right, the highlights that we liked, we seen. And we Street covered. Fighter Six going multi-plat. Yeah. Sonic Frontiers uh, is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely is bold man game. If you're listening, but yes, it was. Uh, it was definitely a good show. It was uh, tonight. 
Thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you listen to Apple Podcasts, remember, if, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I will read it out on the next show. But also, if you'd help me by screenshotting or taking a photo on your phone of the review and DMing me at Stubbs, at Stubbs Gaming or at Centurion1307 on Twitter, just to let us know. And then we can read it out. I'll read it out on the show. You get a shout out on the show for leaving a review. It just helps the algorithm on Apple Podcasts. And if you could do the same on Spotify, five-star review, it'd be really helpful. But if you've enjoyed the show, please share the show out. Um, on YouTube, please drop a comment to Centurion's channel if you're live. And, uh, yeah, it's been and, – and subscribe. Thanks for popping in. Rips Norta. Apparently, I did say his name correctly. If you subscribed, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. But I think he might be a subscriber of yours. Centurion, he may be. I don't know. Or she. Yes, there is um, a Plastic Platforms channel, but there, there, I'm more on my channel today. Yeah, there is one, but we're doing, we're trying to do it on our own channels at the minute. See how it goes. Uh, but you can listen on on. Uh, Plastic Platforms is on all podcast, main podcast platforms, where, where you download them. Uh, but, yeah, thanks, Intu. It's been a good show today. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for checking out my channel and being here and checking out Plastic Platforms with uh, my good brother from across the pond, Stubbs Gaming. Uh, for those interested in finding me on more podcasts, you can find me over on Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood Bomber and the rest of the amazing Gaming Beyond the Box cast. Uh, very, very humbled and still thankful weeks later for them uh, still inviting me to be part of that great experience over there. And, and then great can... show. Also, just, yes. just jump in there. Wilmy Hood's just Wilmy Hood and GBTB have just hit 20,000 subs. That's Shout out to you, Hood. Well done. Congratulations. Yes, well, congrats well to Hood, man. It's always good to see people do. We should always celebrate um, each other's successes. You should never, ever sit there and feel animosity. You should see other people's successes as a driving force and fuel for your own successes. So congratulations out to Wilmy Hood and all the rest of the members of Gaming Beyond the Box that have built that that have built that brand and that that community um it's very well deserved it's great to see them actually dude they've gotten big quick yeah um, it's really good to say uh and the other show i'm on txr podcast host, hosted by none other than the amazing invader gaming uh great guy also has a great channel for himself found at invader uh, uh invader 1986 invader 86 um you can also find both me and him at the txr podcast uh, takes place every Sunday night, and you'll find the rest of us and the amazing crew over there as well doing a show. And uh, where can they find you, Stubbs? You can find me at, at Stubbs Gaming on Twitter. And if you type in Stubbs Gaming on YouTube, I should come up. I should. Um, and normally, and you can find me this Wednesday. 4 p.m. EST, 9 p.m. BST, hosting Midweek Gaming, where we're going to talk about State of Play, probably Sonic, Street Fighter, um, some bit, some various bits. And I'd imagine the crew want to maybe talk about some predictions I've got for the Xbox Professor Showcase this Sunday. 
And if you want to catch the show this Sunday, I'm doing a roundtable session after the pod, after the Xbox Professor Showcase with various different people. I'm just, uh, One Gamer, Darren, VJ, potentially Centurion if he can make it, and Animated Evil currently, and Removal Sanity, I believe. But I will tweet that all out. I will, but anyway, thanks for everyone for popping in. It's been really nice to uh, shoot. Oh, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to swear. It's really, really nice to talk to my friend all the way from from America. It's really good to do these shows. It is. Oh, for real, man. I I look forward to him. Like work actually tried to get me to come in today, and I'm like, nope, doing a podcast with my homie. Nope. <laughs> no, that's really good. Here, that is. But yeah, anyway, guys and girls, thanks for popping in, everyone, and we'll speak to you soon.